Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other it's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey everyone i'm taking a quick sip letting my guest say yes i accept this recording and very pumped to be bringing you everyone an episode today recovery story from mishy right you look you publicly known as mishy Yes, Mishi Rose. Mishi Rose. She's an HA recovery coach, which is really cool, but she's also on our team here at the society, which is, I am so happy to have her as a part of our team, helping with our content um, and helping with more new things all the time. And I thought it was about time that she came on the show and told her story right because no one works at the AJ Society who hasn't had a problem with AJ so it only makes sense that she's welcomed onto the show and I haven't heard her story honestly at all so I'm hearing this story for the first time along with you guys I hear it's a cracker which is very exciting so welcome Mishy Hi, I'm, I'm also, I'm so excited. I feel like I'm like having a fangirl moment as well. Cause <laughs> I, <laughs> when I went deep down the rabbit hole of like searching all about HA, it took me, but this was a long time ago too. So it wasn't like, um, 
as of recently, because now if I search your things, they pop up on Google pretty, pretty well. But like before I felt like I Back found the, the only way I found you was like through some search of a search of a search. And then like I, you popped up and then I was like, but at that point too, it was already through my recovery. But the long and the short of that was I still I like bent your entire pod and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And it's just such, it's also great to be a part of your team now too. And just learning from you and, you know, continuing to serve in so many other ways than I thought I'd be able to. So I'm yeah. so happy. I love having people on who have like their own, like on the team, right? Their own perspective and their own knowledge of different things that I don't necessarily have. Uh, doing everything myself is super not fun and less, um, I don't know, like, I just feel like it's not, it's not serving everyone, right? So having people like you with your own experiences to put your own like flavor and twist on our company is the best. So thank yeah. you for being with us. Of course. Yeah. Well, okay. So where does it all where does it all stop like what's your story <laughs> I feel like my story is kind of crazy but I think everybody has a crazy story I would assume um I the best way I'll describe it and just make sure when I'm chatting that I do mention a few things like my wedding dress my wedding ring and um, my relationship with my husband, <laughs> I guess those all, all of those things are relating to my wedding, of course. And then, you know, buying really expensive clothes, like make sure I hit on those points. Cause like, those were some like really pivotal points for me, but I, the best way I can describe my story is like, I just feel like I almost just blacked out. Like I can't even, I just turned into just, a. I don't know. Let's go back to like, kind of how I was prepped and primed. And that's kind of how I describe it is just like growing up, I just was always super, super insecure. Like I was insecure about, you know, coming from a single like parent family. Um, I always just always thought that we didn't have enough. Like, so just very insecure in that point. And then um, I was a gymnast too. So I had an 18 year long gym gymnastics career. Um, all of the education that I had ever gotten about health and wellness came through magazines. So I'm like a total nineties kid, I guess, you know, and I feel like that was like prime diet culture. And I always had a lot of people in my life that were always on a diet that were always picking their bodies apart. Um, I like remember being in high school and like, I don't exactly remember when I started dieting, but I guess it would have to be when I was like 15 or something or in high school. Like, I remember having like older kids buying me like diet pills. Like, so like, uh, I don't know if you're ever familiar with HydroxyCut, but at the time you couldn't purchase HydroxyCut unless you were 18. So I had to like get somebody who was older than me <laughs> buying me like diet pills when I was in high school. So it was just super ridiculous. So, um, anyways, I just feel like when I came into, you know, my actual HA story, I was already just prepped and primed. And like, I was never diagnosed with an eating disorder, but I had all of the traits of somebody with disordered eating. And I would, I looked and did all the things that you would, if you had an eating disorder. So anyways, like we'll fast forward to, I think it was like 2018, guess it doesn't matter, but that's like when you know, I got engaged and it wasn't even like five minutes of being engaged. There was this older couple there and they saw the whole thing and they came up and they congratulated me. And the first thing out of my mouth to them, cause I forget what they said, but maybe they were just like, Oh, what are you going to start planning? What's going to be your next step? And I was like, I need to figure out how to lose five pounds. Like I was already in that like mindset, that tunnel vision of like nothing else matters besides what I look like on my wedding day. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that like, I just felt like I'd never had control over my life. And I was like, the only thing I have control over is like, you know, my body. So this is the, what I'm going to control. So anyways, like my husband and I, like, I've, like I said, I've always been kind of like a cereal dieter. So I've like literally tried all the diets and, um, you know, it, 
the wedding diet had to be like the diet of all diets. And like the one diet I never tried and was super trendy at the time was keto. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. And we were like doing it together. So it was just so much easier to adhere when you have like a, a partner in crime doing it together. And like, for some reason, we also like had decided like, okay, we're going to also work out twice a day. We're going to get up in the morning and just like go walk or we're going to run. And then when we get home from work, we're going to also like, um, go lift weights or whatever. So we had like a two a day schedule in there. And then we started keto and like, I swear that was like my demise in that like moment because like, I, I don't know. Like I, I just felt like I, once you get into some sort of deficit and it was really easy to get into a deficit and, and keto, like you just kind of just go down this. It, it was, it was wild. I'm trying to like describe it in a sense of like, you know, like the whole intermittent fasting. I don't know if you've heard of, um, like the, if you have a disordered eating past, or if you have an eating disorder, like you're more, or you're more susceptible to developing an eating disorder. If you start intermittent fasting, or if you start keto, like I've read a few like articles and things on that of like, you know, intermittent fasting isn't for you if you have a disordered eating history or things like that. So it's just like, I feel like that particular diet really brought those traits out of me that were already set in motion for me, if that makes sense. So, you know, well, I think that we could, we can safely say based on the research too, that if you have, if you, that like certain things like obsessive compulsive disorder, for example, are, you can be genetically predisposed to being more likely to have OCD yeah. and people with eating disorders are or, or people with OCD are very likely to have eating disorders and people who go on regimented diets that have rules and things to follow are going to be pretty susceptible to being set off with one of those things and we're learning more and more too that more people have OCD or anxiety disorders or um even like ADHD and things like that. Like a lot more people are suffering with these things than we truly know. And so, yeah, I do think people are genetically predisposed to be more uh, affected. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. Cause I mean, all of what you're saying, it, it all makes a lot of sense. And I think on top of that and on top of just like my environment and my upbringing and everything that I thought to be true about, you know, health and diet and all of those things being intertwined. It was just like this divine timing for me to have this full blown. I, I say like eating disorder, but it was like nothing that I was ever diagnosed with, but like the more you will hear about my story, it just, I got way out of control. So, you know, I, I felt really great. And that was the one thing that kind of, um, kept me going, like, um, going into it a little bit deeper. I felt really great, but like, I mean, as you probably know, like I felt great because I was running off of like stress hormones, like, and then I started, like, I lost a lot of weight pretty easily. And, um, I just started getting a ton of compliments from people and it just, by the way that I felt and all the compliments that I was getting from everybody, everybody wanted to know my secret. And of course I thought I was like morally superior than everybody around me because I was so restrictive and like, I was like so good at adhering to this diet. And then it became like, okay, well, if fasting, like, well, I always skip breakfast anyway. So I was like, oh, well, fasting is pretty easy. So like, if this is good and it's making me lose weight, I'll just fast even longer. And I was already in that keto community and everybody's preaching like, oh, OMAD, that's what you should do. So it was like one meal a day. So I was down to one meal a day. And then I was like, okay, well, if low carb is good, then no carb must be better. So I was just in this mindset of like, just everything was extreme. Like everything was black and white and everything was extreme. And I was going to do everything to a T and it just, you know, 
it was, it was crazy because I felt like I've always lived outside of my body in, in some sort of way. And in the extent of just being like, not being comfortable being myself and always trying to align to societal standards and contort myself. So it was just, I always felt like I had that out of body experience, but when I describe my experience with like keto and HA and that the whole two and a half year period of just being like completely out of body. Like, I feel like I just blacked out. I have no idea who that person was because I just got so crazy and so fixated on, on what I looked like. So fixated on food and exercise. And I like, I couldn't, at first we could go out to restaurants or whatever, because I could navigate menus and I wasn't like as orthorexic because that was like kind of like the next thing that happened in line was like you know orthorexia and just being super obsessed with like you know the quality of the food and what I was eating it was just like another because I had mastered keto so well <laughs> so I was like okay I have to go and I have to fixate on something else here so the next thing came was like being super orthorexic and that's when it was like I really couldn't go out to restaurants and and I didn't realize how much that impacted the relationship with my friends, as well as the relationship with my husband, because he's super, um, like he has just like such an outgoing personality and he, that's his, the environment that he shines in. And he loves going out. He loves socializing. He loves going out to eat and being with his friends. And, and when that part of me took over, it was like, we, we didn't go out to eat anymore. And if we did go out to eat, it was like, I'm, I made all these modifications to my meals. I, <laughs> I even got to the point, this is like so sad. I got to the point that I was like calling ahead to restaurants, talking to the chefs, making sure that they weren't cooking in canola oil. I've done that before. So you're okay. <laughs> okay you're in company. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Cause I no, was just- we, Ashley and I, Ashley and I taught people to do that. Well, I did too, because at this time, like, I guess like in my, my journey too, like I, when I started keto, I was on it for that year for, well, I did it for two and a half years. Right. But in that year, like I was saying, I felt so good. I felt so good. I was getting compliments from everybody. I was kind of getting into that. I'd like to say like holistic space and, and, and really trying to understand the body, but I was understanding it from a filtered standpoint of being like, it, it has to fit the narrative of keto. And if it doesn't like, cause keto is like the way that our bodies are supposed to function. That's what I thought in my head at that time. So anyways, I, that's when I started getting certified as a health coach too, but it's so sad because like I did it in a, in a way of more vanity and control versus actually from a place of wanting to serve and, and really truly better my own health. So anyways, to your point, I started health coaching, but it was like, it was still from a place of like control. And, and I was teaching people that too. I was giving them all like, here's what you do. Like you can go out to eat and you can still be healthy, but you know, order off the sides, don't order the main dishes. And if it has sauce, like don't do the sauce and like, make sure like, I even have like a book that has like all of these things in it too, of like being like, you can work, you can request them to not cook your food in like um, canola oil and request them to cook it here. So it was just like, I felt like I was doing all the right things because there were other people who I respected so much in my space doing that too. Yeah. So it's good to hear that somebody else was <laughs> not only doing it, but, you know, coaching it in some sort of ways too. But, um, so yeah, it got to the point where it was like, I was calling ahead and that was making my husband extremely uncomfortable because he was like, you're taking the joy out of something I love so much. I mean, these aren't the words verbatim that he said, but it was just like, it's a known thing. It's just like that, that's the joy in his life. And I kind of almost like stole that away from him. And then it came to like, okay, well, at least we can go to friend's house and we can hang out and, and have cookouts and go to social gatherings. But it was like, then I started like bringing all of my own snacks in my own treats. And then at the ending point, it got really bad where it was like, I wouldn't even eat like conventionally raised meat. And I like made, <laughs> it wasn't like I was just walking in with like my own meat, but it was like something I was like making known and projecting onto other people too. So it was just 
like I, like I just got really out of control. So it wasn't me just doing it. I was affecting everybody around me and I was projecting my beliefs onto other people and it just got super out of control. And, um, so I feel like I'm not like making a clear line of like what my story here, but when it came to my wedding, I, um, the dress that I got, it had to be altered so much because this was a point where I was like, um, we got engaged. I got the wedding dress and this is when I was like, my body was changing so much and I was losing so much weight so quickly. Like the person who's altering my dress couldn't even keep up with it. And, um, I think I had like 20 alterations or something like that. It was insane. I probably spent, and this is like the depressing part is like, I did get my dress from like an off price place, but I probably spent as much as I spent on my dress on alterations and they had altered it so much that it had like lost all integrity. And when it was actually came to my, like my wedding day, it was, I hated the dress. I felt so uncomfortable in it. Like we had to do all of these things to like, just keep it on my body. Like it was so ridiculous. And, um, and so the, and then the other thing with my wedding ring too, it was like, and this is kind of explains the in and out of body experience that I was kind of having in there where it was like, I was in this level of awareness of like what I was doing. And then I would go out and just being like, Nope, gotta, gotta keep doing it. Like, you know what I mean? And, and then, so like, you know, with my wedding dress alterations, it was, I, I was going through that too, about being like, this is probably <laughs> the fact that I'm going through so many alterations is, is a red flag, but in, but it was also feeding like that. I want to say like ED voice where it was like, this is so good. The fact that I can't fit into my wedding dress in a good way, like it's yeah, falling and off. What, and I do this sometimes I like pause to go down a rabbit hole with people, but this is very relatable. And something that I think that I want to point out to people in conversations with, with clients or just, you know, just HAs in the community, we get really worked up when we have to go up a size. It's a, that's scary. That's a red flag. Or my clothes don't fit. And we tell ourselves, you know, yes, like, of course it's a little bit jarring, but, but I also just, you know, I really like those pants. You know, I really, um, I don't want to have to spend the money like buying new clothes is exp- and it's all a story because yeah. if you were getting smaller, you'd be like, oh, well, yeah, I'll just buy new, like waste of money, but, but it's okay because I'm getting, so there's something that's, that's feeding you. And it's a, it's, it's a conditioning. Like, like you said, you've been groomed to be this way from a young age, like, mm-hmm that you're, you're checking a box. And even though there's a, a primal like intuition to you, that's like something here is a bit obsessive or like a bit, I'm probably getting too thin. Like I know this, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to keep going because it's like everyone around me thinks it's great. And yeah, like, it's just, Yeah. I love that point though, that we're cool with like even purchasing new clothes and all the things when we're losing weight, but it's the hardest thing whenever you start to put on weight, (laughs) being on both ends of those spectrums in, in, in a span of three years. (laughs) But the other thing too, was like, when it came to my, to my wedding ring, cause I remember like when my, cause I was also a fashion jewelry buyer as well. So I knew, like, I knew the size of my ring. It wasn't like I was just guessing at it thin air. And I told my husband what it was and, and the, the ring, like it's somewhat fit. Right. But like, I had dropped so much weight and he was like, how could you gauge the size of your ring so badly? Because it was like, my ring was falling off, like in my sleep. Cause there were a couple of times I woke up and I was like, oh my God, where's it at? It, it was like somewhere in the bed because it was like flying off. And, um, so anyways, whenever we went to get the wedding, the actual like wedding bands, this was like, you know, maybe a month before our wedding. And I was kind of probably, I was like at my thinnest point then. And 
I just remember the size difference in my ring and the ring that I tried on there. They're like, oh, we'd have to size it. And you're going to probably be this, this ring size. Right. And they're like, are you okay with that? The fact that it's just like, I felt like that was the universe even, you know, tapping me being like, Hey, this isn't okay. Like, and I still was like, cause like, who's going to put a ring on your finger and say, Oh, like it fits and it should be the size. They're gonna be, are you okay with that? whatever. Anyways, maybe I'm reading into that too much, but like in that moment, I just literally, I just like swallowed my feelings and I was just, yes, because that was another means of control being like, this is an expensive item. I, if, because the way it was designed, if you go to resize back up, it would just like, again, the whole integrity piece of it. So it was like all these factors of lining up of being like, you know, this is an expensive item if you can't change it. So this is what it has to be. And so in my head, I was like, well, that just means that I have to stay at this weight. And this is just a, just, this is a thing that's going to make me stay right here. Because I always also had this thing in my head. I was like, I'm not going to be one of those girls who like, you know, can't fit into her wedding dress. Like, you know, then the year after or the year after that. And I don't even know why I think about things like that, but I was like, I'm not going to be one of those girls who just like, after she gets married, just like lets herself go. So like those just like weird thoughts were in my head. But like when we got the wedding, like actual band, it was, it was so small. And I actually had to take it off probably like six months ago because it was, it felt so constricting to me. And like, I could feel it on my hand. And it was like, I noticed myself falling into like almost old behaviors. And I was like, it was that stupid ring because like it reminded me of that time it was also like really constricted on my finger. So I was like, the moment that I took it off, I could just like tell, like, I was like, okay, I just feel a little bit more freer. And I don't feel like I have to be in these like old ways of being or whatever. So, and I did the same thing too with like, cause my clothes didn't really fit me. So like I, I had to go get new clothes and, and I bought clothes that were so uncomfortable for me to purchase at that price point because I was like, if I have these really expensive clothes, it's going to make me stay here. And I just think like those were the moments where it was also the universe being like, this is really tough for you. Like, this is hard. Cause at the, you know, this was like a year and a half, almost two years in, it was just like, this is really hard staying here. Like this, this isn't easy. I have to really micromanage everything. I'm in control of everything. And, uh, like I can't let myself go so I'm going to put like these control mechanisms in here to keep you like running. needed to dig yourself even deeper as you like start, like as the voice gets louder saying, this is the wrong way to go. The eating disorder is like, let's tie more. Yeah, it was. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I was like, I don't even know who that person was. Cause I can't even, I, I can, I can empathize and in, in, in relate in a way, but it's just like, I don't even know who you were. Like, how did you get to this point where you were so crazy? Like it just, that's why I say, like, I feel like I just kind of just blacked out. I feel like I was just like this tornado, just like tearing through life. And like, just the only thing that mattered to me was like the way that I looked. And I mean, you know, hindsight reflecting back, like it does all make sense. And I'm not giving myself like, you know, I'm not playing victim in any way, but it just like, it all makes sense. It was just because I felt like too, once I got my period back and all the things like, you know, going through all the mindset work and, and really stepping into like spiritual, like health and things like that. It was just like, I could see why that happened. It was because I was so unhappy with who I was and trying to contort myself and into being what society expected me to be. I was in a job that I absolutely freaking hated. Um, I was driving like two hours to work and two hours back. And, you know, I was just like, I would just like, wasn't living a life that I, that I truly loved and enjoyed. And I never was because I was so insecure from just even starting out and being a kid. And that carried through so much into how I started acting out and behaving. And once I started losing weight and I started getting attention from people like this one time, we were out and, um, I don't know, some guy like literally reached out of a window, like, cause we were standing outside and it was like a patio, whatever. So he was like reaching out of a window, trying to grab me. I told him I'm with my husband and he didn't even care. 
But in my head, that's registering as like, oh my gosh, I must look so good that this hut, this guy doesn't care that my husband's standing right here. And my husband's like, this guy, he's like six, four. So he's like, he's not even intimidated by him. Just like, oh, oh my gosh. And in my head, I'm like, he probably is like, oh my gosh, you're so skinny or so blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, all of these things were like, I was, I was finally aligning to societal standards and I had so much confidence, but it was because I was finally living up to these, you know, impossible societal standards. And that was just like, what gave me all of this confidence and what gave fuel more to the, this craziness. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, that's a big part of why this is, this work is so hard. Like we say in almost every episode, really great that the way to get your health back is quite easy, like simple. You just eat more, stop doing the behaviors you're doing, but it's so hard to do that because you truly believe that this smaller body or this ideal that you're fitting into is going to bring you what you want, the safety and security and the value and the love and the worth and saying goodbye to that because like you just said, right? Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating of course with this system so lots of information lots of case studies lots of stats we go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. You felt it. Like, I do feel confident. Like, I'm in control. I am superior. How do you just let that go? How do you just say bye-bye to that, right? So I'm very curious to hear how you get out of this. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I just, I think, so... um, by the end of it, I was just exhausted. I like, obviously everything that I was doing was in an extreme measure. And like, um, this, I, I even got a chat at work and they were like, you know, pulled me in and they're like, you know, you were really on fire the beginning. Um, something is going on and I'm just in my head. I'm like, well, it's cause I freaking hate this job, but <laughs> I was like more. So it was like, I was literally spending so much time on my freaking phone or pretending like I was answering emails, but I was really on the computer, like looking at recipes and just 
like literally looking at food all freaking day. And like, all I could do was like, think about food. So I'd only, at that point I was eating one meal a day and, you know, I'd sit down at dinner with my husband and I'd be, we would be eating dinner and I'd be talking about what I wanted for dinner tomorrow. Like, it was like, that's how obsessed I was with food and that you lose all connection with people too, because that's all you, you care about nothing else because, and it was because I was so undernourished and I was just, my body just wanted food. And that's all I wanted to talk about. That's all I wanted to look at. So anyways, your point of like, how did I get through that? It was just like, I always did this, this thing, um, just from like an early age of being a gymnast of being like, you know, I can push myself as hard as I want and, and I, and I'm not going to die. So that would always get me through like really tough practices and things like that. And, and I just like, remember the one day when I kind of like, like snapped or whatever, where it was like, I was having just a tough day. And I like looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, well, at least you're healthy. And I was like, in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, you are not healthy at all. Nothing that's going on right now is healthy. Nothing about your behaviors around food is healthy. Nothing about your weight is healthy. Nothing. And you don't even have a period, like get out. So anyways, it was like that moment where I snapped, where I was just like, I had this moment of realization of like how truly unhealthy I was. The relationships I had with myself and with everybody else was just so unhealthy. So it was just like, that was like, what snapped me into like taking the next steps of just being like really going down the rabbit hole of like, okay, how do I reverse all of this? And how did I get myself into this mess? Cause it's like, you kind of know how you got into it, but it, it just always helped by like reaching out to other people. And I think finally too, I was like chatting with this girl, like I'd met her on Instagram. Cause I was like down in rabbit hole, of like missing periods. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Because I was trying to also, um, I was trying to like pen it on something else. Like I was like, you know, doing all the research and being like, well, it's, it's not my lifestyle. That's truly not it. So anyways, I just like remember chatting with this one girl, um, on Instagram, like through DMS for a really long time. And she, she also had experienced HA and she was like, I'm literally telling you, you have HA or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. Say I have HA, whatever what am I going to have to do to get my period back? And like, she was telling me all the things I'm like, no, 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 that's not like, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you, but that's not what I'm going to do. But like, I don't know. It just took like slow little steps to, to getting to a point where I came to a realization that this was, this is what I have. This is what I have to do. And then once I kind of like reversed into it or backed into it a little bit, I swear it was like, the first two weeks that I allowed myself like full on permission to like eat and all of the things and do completely opposite of what I was doing before. I swear like a switch flipped in me where I was just like, I don't know. I just, I, the craziness like lifted from me. I was like, and I was able to then be able to just really sit in the discomfort of all of it. The discomfort of what got me to that point as well as the discomfort of what I was about to be facing. So it, in that time too, uh, COVID was happening. So it was a little bit easier, I think, on me to be alone, to sit alone and to kind of not be in public and all the things and, and really sit in my stuff and just work through it. So. Okay. I mean, I feel like, that sounds kind of miraculous. Does it feel like it was miraculous? The, the, the sort of like, well, not really. Cause you said you backed into it. So what did that time frame look like from hearing the possibility that this could be, that this is an option, right? That like recovering, like waking is an option through to dipping your toe into it what did that look like? Cause you almost kind of skimmed over that. I'm really curious. Um, see, and it's cause it's like really tough. I think because it was so tough for me, it was like, I don't remember a lot of it. So it was just like another one of those ways of me just like escaping from any right. sort of problem, I guess. But, um, so I think it was like June 
June is like when I was like, I, cause I remember this is like what I did too. When I, I finally figured it out of what it was, what I was going to have to do. I like, um, also had found like, uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Butter Buttermore or whatever. I saw her all in video. Right. <laughs> and so I had my husband, I was like, Hey, I'm going to need you to watch this. This is what's going to be happening. So I was like, I just like needed his like approval almost of being like, hey because like I always just love with my body and like I was like my husband's not gonna love me anymore if I don't look like this and I just like need to let him know like this is gonna be some sort some in some ways temporary so I like had him like watch that video with me and it was like that moment was the moment of like me accepting of like this is what's gonna have to happen like I but I think too for me like like I kind of said like I was just I was so exhausted. I, I could not, I could not diet another day. Like I, I just, I couldn't, I was like already at such an extreme where I was like barely eating and I was, and I was starting to gain weight. So it was just like I, everything that I'd done had like backfired on me. And so like once I had gotten to that point, like I was just exhausted. So like when I realized what it was and what I had to do, it was like, I kind of like, I just took really teeny tiny baby steps and I at that time too, I was already doing a lot of um, like mindset and like spiritual work, but it had really nothing to do with like diet or my body. It was more so to do with like living up to societal expectations. So I kind of was able to transfer some of that work into how I dealt with um, like gaining weight, how I dealt with, you know, eating more and things like that. So whenever like my first step was like, I started with lunch. Like that was my first thing is like, I was like, I just need to eat something during the day. And it was, it was like something so small. I think it was like pumpkin puree and like coconut butter is like what I was like, that's how small I was starting. And like, I just was like, I had to sit with those feelings as I was just eating that about like being like, oh my God, this is, this is too many calories or I, I felt wrong for like eating lunch. Like I was like, no, you can, you can fight through the, these types of pain or like, I just, I was just listening and observing those thoughts. That's kind of how it started. It was just like, all right, I'm just going to start eating a little bit. And then I was like, okay, I feel better as I'm eating. So it was like, I just allowed myself to eat more, allowed myself to observe more thoughts. And then I was just like, okay, well, I'm just not going to let these thoughts like really affect how I'm going to be behaving because I started feeling so much better. And then I was able to like actually go out to eat with like my husband again. And so it was just kind of like all of these like little teeny tiny like domino steps of, but at the whole, at the whole time I was always observing how I was, I was thinking about things. And it wasn't to say that like, you know, I just observed thoughts and I just ignore them the entire time. Like, yeah, there were times where I took like 10 steps back and, and I reverted back to old behaviors, but I just feel like I had this like level of awareness of understanding of where those thoughts came from, if that makes sense. And I just, I don't want to seem like I skated through it. Cause I didn't, it was, it was extremely painful. Like I didn't take any pictures of myself for like probably like a year and a half. Like I did the, we covered the mirrors in the house. So it's just like, there were ways that I coped with it to make it a little bit easier. And that was like not looking at myself at all and not taking any pictures and like covering myself in like ginormous clothes, even when I hadn't even gained any weight in the first place. So it was like, I did take some sort of like extreme measures as I went along, but at the same time, I was trying to, I guess, giving myself a lot of grace in that time, I guess. Okay. So it actually makes a lot of sense now that it's not that you, yeah, you didn't skate through it, but what a lot of people don't, they do it in a reverse order where they're trying to get their peer back. Maybe they want to get pregnant or like they just, their doctor's concerned. And so it just triggers them to try and resolve it. And then they go down this path and it's so hard and it eventually leads them to what you're just talking about, which is like observing the conversation in your head and questioning where it's actually coming from and not, and like being curious about like, if this is true 
or if this is something I'm making with my head. And because you're already doing that work, you're able to begin questioning it and trying to take action and experiment against it in advance. And that's a really cool tidbit for people, right? It's like, this process will be easier for you if you are simultaneously or if the if you're listening and you are just like I'm so curious what you guys are saying but I'm unable to like make these changes yeah the time it that means it's time to observe your thoughts and question them because that was the thing for me was the exact same situation as you the first time anyone ever said that maybe like it's actually okay to have some body fat <laughs> like have you considered <laughs> not like not trying to be really thin and I remember just being like that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard and like wholeheartedly believe that that person was insane but at the same time continuing to listen to what they had to say because there's something in your brain there's like a survival (laughs) in your brain that's like listening Mm-hmm. So I, I, that makes a lot of sense that you've gone down this rabbit hole. And I would also be unsurprised to learn that like, there are people with a similar story, but they thought that that would just like, maybe help them be an even more shining version of societal's idea of perfect, right? Like you're in, you're like matching workout gear and you have your smoothie in the morning and you do your journaling and your self-development and you're super crunchy and you like time your your workouts with the phase you are in your menstrual cycle and you do all that crap and it's like we think that going down that route of like enlightenment will make that better but what we actually discover is all that's bullshit and it just um it just like brings you to the you know the person you're supposed to be yeah. Yeah. It's much easier. So I, I love learning that about you. That's cool. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I, it does kind of sound like I skated through a, a bit, but like it just, I can't express of like how challenging it was, but there was just something in me that was saying, like, I don't know. It just, you knew it's at this point. It sounds like you, you, I just, you, you broke in a way yeah I just I did I completely broke I literally I was I think I had just known how ridiculous I was about how I was with like at social gatherings like I had like friends who would want to go meet up for like lunch or something or I don't know dinner and I couldn't even go to that because I was like asking so many questions and I just like remember like going back and forth in my head about being like you know like am I going to be able to meet my you know, carbon take or, or whatever it is, or am I going to be able to even control myself at, at this dinner or whatever? So it was just like the, the amount of energy that it took for me to stay that thin and be at that weight. And it just took so much of my life away from me that I was like, I, I don't, I don't want a life like that anymore. I think I just like, I just had this realization that, helped me in those moments when it was really, really hard. And I had coping mechanisms that probably like now I wouldn't maybe suggest to somebody else. And that's, you know, the beauty of going through this process and going through it alone is like, you can help people through it. And so they don't have to make the mistakes that you made because, you know, now I am, there are body image struggles that I do deal with on a daily basis because I wasn't dealing with it in the moment. I covered up mirrors. I wouldn't allow my husband to take pictures of me. We went on vacations and it's just pictures of him. And it's just like, I was never there. You know what I mean? So it was just like, I, I didn't too much skate through it. I just dealt with it in a different way, you know? So it's still very challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it does. It sounds that way. It sounds that way. I guess where where I was coming from was just like, being able to change direction, right? Cause like you're on such a, you're on such a path downwards. Oh gosh. Yeah. So rapidly to be able to stop that train, get off on the platform and get on a different train 
even though you do not want to be there right and you yeah. like, want to get off at every single stop but like you just stay on like that is you know having that ability and that realization it has to come like it has to come from within you can't do that stuff before someone else or you can't and you can't do that stuff if you are really truly believing that you know nothing will ever feel or taste better than skinny feels it's not going to get you anywhere it's none of it's true it's all absurd oh it's it's so funny to like flip through my journal and like even to like help help people that are going through the same things and you, and you voice these things out loud and like you read back in journals and things like that. And you, you just sat, they sound so ridiculous. And it's like, I would go to make like a, a post on Instagram to talk about like, you know, the things that you used to believe when, when you were in the depths of it. And it was just like, well, I don't even know I'm writing on this because like, of course this sounds ridiculous. Like, but, but in all actuality, there are a lot of people who are really suffering with that perspective. So it's, and I think too, it's just like, I have like a a very extreme person. Well, I feel like we live in extremes only because our nervous system is just like, so like stimulated, but also I just have that, um, extreme personality. So I feel like, you know, being able to flip on and off was, was a a great trait. Oh yeah. Yeah. Able to go from you know, extreme dieting to being like in a place of like, uh, healing, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of the things that you shared and those experiences are so relatable. Like everyone's story is different, but the one thing that we all have in common is that there were multiple instances that we can look back on and be like, wow, that was messed up. And wow, that I, I truly believed that that was serving me. Yeah. It's insane. And I was like projecting it onto other people. Like, Hey, this Mm -hmm. is, you should be living like this. You should be eating like this. (laughs) Oh, so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it was, it was a wild trip. I, and I don't know. (laughs) I'm just happy to be on the other side, honestly. And like, (laughs) the, the, the more I think about it and like, I just, I don't know, just the life that it steals away from you. And like anybody who's currently in this situation right now and who is struggling, it's just like, you get a life back, but you get a life back that like, that's better than the life that you had before. Like it is insane. Like I would say like, maybe you lived in, in black and white and, and maybe now you're going into shades of gray, but you're going to be living in like this magical worlds of, of color of like, I don't know how to explain it. So it's just like, it was tough, but I'm happy to have gone through it. I truly am because I had learned so many lessons and I don't think I'd be the person I am today without it. And maybe it's unfortunate that I had to get to such a point, but I, you know, I just don't think I, I don't know. I just wouldn't be the person I am today without that experience. And, and all the work that you're putting in is going to be so, so worth it in the end. So it's just like, continue to to like lean into the, those voices and, and choose the opposite of what you've done before. And that's going to get you on the other side, but choosing to stay the same and choosing to to go along with whatever the voices are telling you or whatever, you know, influences are telling you to do is not going to be working for you. So it's just like, and that's kind of my motto now is like to stop aligning to what other people say and just like do the opposite. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Like question everything. And like, what do you think? You know, oh yeah. Really? Do you really think, what do you really want to do? And I, I love your like, we, we really do go from like black and white to technicolor and we get there over time. I've heard it in so many different ways too. Like uh, I, life felt 2D and now it's 3D. Like the funny irony is that we go down a path where we choose a black and white path or a 2D path or just like a rigid path in the hopes that at the end of that path is the technicolor the 3d like 
I will reach Havana and I will then, you know, whatever in the world you think you're going to get, yeah. because I can remember not like being sure, but feeling like there was something there. Like if I can just get to this point, if I can just get to this point, something good. Magical. Yeah. Right? Something good. <laughs> and the funny thing is it really is on the, in the opposite direction yeah when you stop and yes like you said we still deal with body image issues every single day yeah but it's how you deal with them and you just know like you just know too much now you Mm -hmm. just do you're just like yeah I know what's down that path and you're just it's unfortunately hardwired now to occasionally think that there's something for you in that down there but now you're just like way too wise honestly yeah I would agree it's like creating it's just creating a better relationship with those thoughts it's just like I've just come to terms with obviously they're just going to be there but I'm just not going to let them impact you know my life because I've chosen the opposite so many times and it's led to so many better places than it ever led choosing to believe any of those thoughts. So having that sort of evidence has been, is something that I always reflect on. So it's like, I always have these choice point moments where I'm just like, you know, I could either go that way or I could go this way. And like, I don't know, my just life is just also just, it's, it's just so much better. And like, you know, I do get triggered sometimes by seeing other people who are in similar behaviors that I was before, but I just like remind myself, I'm just like, you know, like, you know, on the other side of the camera or whatever, how much they truly are struggling. And, and, and that's not the way that life is supposed to be. And it's just like, I'm going to continue to have to live against the grain. And I'm just going to have to also be okay with that. Just like I, I have this relationship with my thoughts. I'm also going to have to have this relationship with going against the grain. And that's just the way it is. It's just, you have to accept that. At least that's my perspective. I'm not telling you to do that, but <laughs> no, I love it. It's so true. Yeah, like you that that voice will always be there. So are you and and we can't obsess about getting rid of it because it's not going anywhere. You no. just have to, yeah, change. I love that, like your relationship with it. You know, you guys used to be besties. Now you're kind of not. You still <laughs> say hi on the street, but you just keep walking. It's and- like I don't want to hang out with her anymore. (laughs) Exactly. And like life is just so much more fun too. It's just like going on vacation now. I don't even have to like worry about like, oh, is there going to be a gym to exercise in? Or like, I don't have to, I don't have to bring an extra bag of food with me to on trips or or out. And like, I can just live more in the moment and and more in the present time. So it's, like, it's so, I still have moments where I'm like, it's cool that life can be this easy. Yes. It's that's cool like, that I can go there and not feel like I need to just like pack a meal. Yes. And I do still, there are a lot of people in my community that still preach to bring all of these things with you on vacation, making all of the posts of like, this is what I travel with. And it's just like, and you get to, and I'm speaking from experience of myself and I'm just like man I guess I should be sharing those same things too or I should be doing those same things too because that is that that is health but but it's just it's not it's robbing you and making you believe that that's like healthy and it's just like it's really hard because like I I have a lot of people that I respect in my community that still do things like that and I'm just like I well you just have to you just have compassion for those people oh yeah a hundred percent yeah I'm not going down that path. Yeah. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for introducing yourself to our people. Yeah. I feel like it was maybe a little bit all over the place, but yeah. (laughs) Those are are the best ones. I think there's absolutely people that nodding their head and that are resonating and that are honestly just like inspired and excited to hear someone else say you're on the right path and it's okay that it's hard and that the voice is still there but Mm -hmm. like it is possible for you to get off the train 
go the other way. And if you feel like what I love this thing where you have to give it time to like get the evidence that this is working, that, that you like this. So give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I needed along the way was just evidence and, and creating that space for the evidence to appear, I think was, yeah. what was helpful for me too. It's like always having that, um, perspective of like having different perspectives, allowing things to happen and then being like, Oh shoot, this is, this is actually better. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, real quick, where can people find you? I am most active on Instagram. So that's at Rose, but it's spelled R-O-S-A-Y dot way underscore wellness. And I don't know, Danny, you might put that in the show notes if it's super, if it's an, um, if you can't remember how to spell it, but yeah, I'm most active on Instagram. I do have a website. It's roseway.com. Um, but, uh, most active on Instagram. Beautiful. Well, you do our Instagram. So just make sure you tag yourself in the post and people can go there and find you. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I do do that content. So I will make sure that I, <laughs> I tag myself in the post. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, you're going to have the, just knowing you, you're going to have the worst time trying to choose your own soundbite. Oh my gosh. I know. And I'm going to super overanalyze every single thing <laughs> I said. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us and we'll see you guys all next week. And everyone have a great day. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus, if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use 
um, AFHA Society at the checkout. That will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily so if you do that you're doing a service to all of the women